Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Missions with Moises podcast. I am your host, Moises Davison, campus missionary with Richmond Chi Alpha, and today I have two lovely guests, Jordan Kolarik and Tiaran Tyler. Hey yo, what's up? Happy to be on here, man. <laughs> he just said woo bro i i gotta give a shout out to my guy real quick multitasker of the year because when we originally booked this room we thought he was free but my man has a math class that he's on right now as we're recording i mean that's if that doesn't say ultimate skill podcaster he's he's a, a mathematician just everything we could ever want definitely and if anyone from is listening to this i definitely am not in a class while <laughs> yes there it is so we're happy to be here as you can see these are very energetic charismatic individuals jordan is a chi alpha director at the university of pittsburgh what's up yeah that's it that's it that's it we're pioneering actually so we we haven't started yet we are on we're on the way um we'll launch in the fall of 22 so depending on when you're listening to this we might already be live um but this is what we call year zero which is awesome Fantastic. And Tiaran is currently a junior at Virginia Union and VCU. Almost. Thank you. Yes. No, it's weird. I'm a junior at the Virginia Union, and I'm a freshman in the engineering at VCU. Right, because your goal for next year is to fully transfer to VCU. Yes, sir. Hopefully I pass these classes. Well, I'm just telling you, you aren't off to a hot start, my guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you're doing great. So, Tiaran, what are you studying in college right now? I'm studying chemistry and chemical engineering. Uh, yeah, that's it. And what led you to this field? Oh, I had an amazing chemistry teacher inside of high school, a dude named Buckner. He was actually had a PhD, but teaching in high school. I didn't know that until like three years after I graduated. And, um... We call it, he demanded that we call him Buck Daddy inside of class. No, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Listen, I swear to God, he didn't demand it, but the females ended up calling him Buck Daddy. He was like sixty-eight years old. Wow. No, like, <laughs> and um, yeah, no, that made chemistry super fun. Uh, I got to high school, I got to college, and I was like, ah, oh, why not chemistry? Whatever. That's really funny. And how did you find about Chi Alpha, Tiaran? There was this really pretty girl, and um, they were going on a trip to somewhere in Kyle, some something. Um, and she was like, "Hey, you want to come?" And I was like, "Sure," because she was supposed to, we were supposed to do homework together. She was supposed to help me do homework, and um, she was like, "Sure." I was like, "Sure," and she was like, "Good." Hop in my big white van because it was like the entire group of uh, the Kyle for kids were in this white van. <laughs> she slapped the van, and I got in the white van and went on a two-hour trip. And um, there I met the guy. So wait, the the first time you ever joined Chi Alpha was a trip? Oh yeah, I guess so, yeah. That's crazy. That's cool. Cool. The power of invitation. It never falls short, right? Yeah. yeah. And Jordan, how did your journey with Chi Alpha start? Man, I, I feel like I could talk about this for a for a minute. Um and I don't want to take up too much time on this special podcast, so I'll just keep it brief. Um, I went to college to be a pastor. I always wanted to be a pastor, always hoped to be a pastor. Um, And when I got to the church, I loved it. It was fun, but I felt like there was something more. 
Um, and long story short, I knew that that was campus ministry. So um, I started to look for an organization that aligned with my values, and Chi Alpha is the best campus uh, ministry out there, dude. Just so many amazing people, such great discipleship focus. And so um, I met with some people from Chi Alpha and joined in, jumped in headfirst. I'm in something called New Directors Training, uh, which I recommend to anyone that wants to one day be a director in Chi Alpha. Um, teaches you, gives you the the skills needed to jump jump headfirst into Chi Alpha. So um, I've always loved Pittsburgh, dude. Pittsburgh is like my favorite city in the world. I could go, if this was a Pittsburgh podcast, I could talk forever about how, how great it is. But, you know, we'll just hold back and say we're the city of champions and the most bridges out of any city in the whole world, including Venice, Italy, even though they have an entire city built on top of water. But that's neither here nor there. I'll just say I love Pittsburgh, and I feel like the fact that Pittsburgh doesn't have a Chi Alpha um, is a problem. And so I feel called to solve that problem. So me and my wife, man, we're we're on the University of Pittsburgh's campus, finding, feeding, and fighting for the lost lambs of God. It's awesome. Thank you so much for your boldness and your courage because in Chi Alpha, one of our vision statements is to be on every college campus in the world and to really bring about kingdom domination biblically. So thank you so much. <laughs> domination biblically, of course. <laughs> King, kingdom domination. King, yes, sir. Kingdom yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got it. So that's awesome. We're definitely about reaching the unreached. So, so thank you. I pray for your ministry that can thrive, grow. I pray laborers and co-laborers come to your campus. I pray doctors come out of your ministry, lawyers, teachers, accountants, bus drivers, missionaries, ministers. Yeah, man. Thank you. I received that. Also, I'll just say Pitt is sending out some of the best some of the best people in the whole medical world. I mean, like Pittsburgh is an awesome medical school. So um, I'm hoping to have doctors, like you said, nurses, occupational therapists, physical therapists coming out of my ministry and, and, you know, serving Jesus in the marketplace as well as of course the mission field. But we believe in marketplace ministry at the university of Pittsburgh. That's for sure. Right. And something I really want to say before we continue is that in Chi Alpha, if every student became a pastor and a missionary, we would be doing a bad job in our vocations because the goal of Chi Alpha is to teach you Christian principles. So you can be a world changer and an influencer. And if you're not called to vocational ministry, that's still great. Because so many people in the Bible are iconic, such as David, Abraham, Nehemiah. Uh, Paul was a tent maker. You know what I mean? They were all doing stuff. Right, they're all doing stuff. A lot of of our biblical heroes, they were not priests. They were shepherds. They were cupbearers. In the book, book of Acts, you have about 40, 42 miracles. Only one of them is done at a temple. And not even in the temple, right yeah, outside fact, the temple. Facts, bro, facts, yeah. So I just really wanted to spit that out because I'm very passionate about marketplace ministry and students really discovering who they are in God and really using that to be dynamic in the kingdom. Yeah, well, that's our goal too. Love it, man. Love it. Right. right. There's no bench seats on the kingdom of God. We're all called to play on the field. So on today's podcast... We'll be discussing ministry values. Mm. So ministry itself is doing the service of God. So if you are your church and you help with greeting or hospitality, that is ministry. If you lead a small, small group, that is ministry. If you are a pastor, you are doing the work of the ministry. And values, I really found this awesome definition for the word values. A value or ethics that basically explain the importance of something or an action 
with the aim of determining what actions are best to do or what way is best to live or to describe the significance of different actions. So that is a definition of value. So today we'll be discussing ministry values. So Tiaran, you are a part of Chi Alpha. You go to the chapel. What do you think are important values in the church ministry context? Oh, uh, man, definitely um, community. Definitely, like, if my friends aren't there or if I'm not there with people I like, I'm probably just not going to go. That's, like, the only reason I go to church now. And why is that? I feel like I've just learned so much already, like, uh, in free time. Like, I feel like the t time to learn the Bible isn't in church, actually. It's, like, outside of church where you can, like, like I don't know. You got, like, what, two hours a a week in church mm -hmm. you got the rest of however many hours are in a week outside of church the time to learn is probably somewhere else um but in church it's a good opportunity to be around like-minded individuals uh friends yeah fantastic so were you a freshman at virginia when you first came to Calva? yes big giant fun and what was your first impression when you went to that trip when you came to first Wednesday Night Live. Oh, my God. I've never had someone. I, this girl wasn't even a Kai Alpha girl. I don't even know who she was. She just <laughs> randomly walked up to me and said, can I pray for you? And um, she prayed for me. And she must have been a Pentecostal, like raised Pentecostal. Because she was just like, when she prayed, she like touched me. But like touched my, I don't know. I don't remember. I think she just lightly touched my back. And it gave me a shiver. And, I, and then she was just like hyping me. I don't know how she hyped me up either. But I don't know what she did. But she was just like, some, 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 some. And that was like the best time I've ever had someone pray for me. So hold up. Do you feel like that affects sort of like what you look for in a ministry? Because obviously that was really significant for you. You know, like that's not found everywhere, right? Someone that's going to pray and go in. Um, yeah, I've been to a lot of different churches, been to a lot of different youth groups, been a lot. That's, that's not very common. Do you think that shapes part of your values? That definitely does. But she wasn't even a minister. It was a, it, it, that was the crazy thing. She was not associated with the church other than just being at the building. And I think that's um, that's one of the most important things. Like, it has to be a thing that's everyone is active. Like, everyone is there and loving being there. Um, yeah. I really like how you said that because in Kaiafo, when you're in Kaiafo long enough, one thing that you will never get enough of hearing is how much we value small groups. So for context reason, a small group is an intimate group of people from four to 12 where you study the Bible together once a week. And the purpose of these small groups is to have more intentional intimate community with those in your Chi Alpha chapter. And the win of our large group meetings on Wednesdays is that it's small groups gathering together to worship God in one community. So Moises, without even realizing it, you just explained values. Like Chi Alpha very much values that small group. Mm -hmm. What there's a lot of different reasons. What what do you think one reason is that you value or love small groups? Because every Chi Alpha I've ever been to is like, oh, we love small groups. Yes, that's clearly a value. Not everyone does that, right? And the reason we focus on it a lot in Chi Alpha is because we subscribe that it was Jesus' model of discipleship when he first began his public ministry. He called the 12 disciples and he focused a lot also on one on one discipleship. He taught them parables. He slept with them. He ate meals with them. He traveled with them. There are times where he would preach to a multitude, a couple hundred. 
but there were a lot of times where he also ministered on one-on-one because Jesus was all about that personal discipleship and evangelical connection because he saw that being more effective in sharing the gospel. Not that speaking to large crowds can be helpful, but if we're really about every human being is valuable and deserves to be invited, then one-on-one communication is what they need. It's benefited my life extensively. When I first came to Calpha as a freshman, my greatest discipleship did not happen in the big gatherings. It wasn't at our worship nights. So it you was, mean the places that you were discipled the most? Yeah, where You're, I... Okay, okay. Yeah, if I mean, I'm sharing that from my own experiences as a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of my own personal discipleship, the greater degree of it came through one-on-one discipleship at a Wendy's. One of my first discipleship experiences was at a Wendy's. Wendy's top three fries in the fast food industry. Is that an actual statistic? I don't know. They <laughs> keep going, my man. Right. So, like I was saying, if you're a master plan evangelism, it's a great book. I highly encourage it. It's also a Kyle Fall 101 book to read. You probably will read it for a new direction if you haven't read it already. I already read it, my man. So, it's all about the importance of focusing on the few to reach the many. So, Jordan, as a Chi Alpha director, what values do you see that will belong to a healthy Chi Alpha chapter? Ooh, okay. So you know that Chi Alpha already has values, right? Yes. Yeah, right. How many are there? There's six. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to look them up? Right. Look them up. But here's here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say one that isn't in the, the six values. Right. So here are the. Six official values. The official. Yeah, official. Yeah. When you go to our Chi Alpha National website, chialpha.com. Hey, yo, always plug. Yeah, plug. We love being a fellowship. And also, Chi Alpha is under the Assemblies of God Fellowship. And we function not as a denomination, but a cooperative fellowship. Come on. Okay, get, get to the values. <laughs> okay, I'll get to the values. The first one is community, the second one is creativity. The third is diversity. The fourth is excellence. The Wait, fifth, what's the fourth? What's the fourth? E- excellence. Oh, excellence. Got it. The fifth is integrity. And the sixth is servant leadership. All right. So you're asking me what one of my values is? Right. As you're in new director training, as you're launching a new Catholic ministry, your various experiences in church leadership roles, you were a teacher at a Christian academy. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of various pastoral experience that you bring into your Kyalfa career, which is also a unique story to your own. So through all your many years of ministry work as a vocation, what have you experienced that is important to you for a ministry? Yeah, okay, good question. I'm going to say something that might be atypical because I think normally people want to give very spiritual answers here, like, you know, prayer. Sure, I understand. Fasting, discipleship. Oh. Yeah, evangelism. Yeah, yeah. Quiet and, time. And they're all good. I think actually without those six that Chi Alpha just listed, this next one, the seventh that I'm going to say, mm-hmm. without that, it just it just makes no sense. But um, for me, I actually think a huge value is fun. And now I know that doesn't sound very spiritual, but um, I think, so we're recording this in the early parts of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of students that have come out of isolation. I'm seeing a ton of students that are looking for community, but quite honestly don't have the skills to do it. And I feel like college is just getting more and more stressful. And I'm seeing a lot of kids that want that community, but don't know how to do it. Dude, at the University of Pittsburgh, I mean, like we 
that school was hard. <laughs> like it feels almost like an Ivy League level of academics. Kids are stressed, they're worried, they're running from class to class. And it's like anytime I'm trying to hang out with them, they're like, oh, I got to study. So this sounds crazy, but one of the values that I'm trying to breed in them is that it is healthy to have fun. Here, I'll give you some scripture. In the book of Acts, we see a couple different times where the Bible pauses and gives us a snapshot of what it looks like. And some of the things they're doing is they're helping the poor, but other things they're doing is they're hanging out in homes and breaking bread. Mm -hmm. Meaning they're eating, they're sitting around, they're Jay chilling. Okay, that looks like maybe a movie night. That looks like board game night. That looks like, and and I actually think if we're going to be the body of Christ and be our healthiest, it's okay for us to have fun. It's not always prayer. It's not always, um, you know, uh, evangelism. If those things aren't there, bing bong, that ain't it. But, but dude, little kickball out in the quad, hanging out and being friends. Cause I think right now more than ever, people need real friends. So actually <laughs> I don't, I know it's not very spiritual, but one of my values is definitely, definitely fun. Thank you, Jordan. And I agree with you. And it's funny you should mention that because in Richmond and Kyofo, one of our values is actually fun through relational discipleship. Because here in Richmond Kyofo, we do our one night gathering. We have small groups. We have our discipleship training called Equip Foundations. We do weekly tabling. We do weekly prayer meetings. We have Bible studies that meet throughout the week. But we also have social events. Last week, we had our game night for international students. We encourage small groups to hang out with their small group outside the Bible study hour, going to an escape room, going out to dinner. In past years, we have done brother-sister groups fellowshiping together in some capacity because we see the importance of not just being together during spiritual moments, but also just being with each other in your lifestyle because we really want to encourage our students to see the members in their fellowship and especially in their small group as their friends. People you call when you want to go on the study session. People you call when you want to go to the gym. Hey, yo, life group lift sessions would be it. Maybe we do that at Pitt. I think that's, I think that's the next move. Look at that. I'm helping you with your ministry, giving you ideas. Come on. Ministry with Moises. Wait, what's it called? What's this? Missions with Moises. My bad. Miss, always got to plug. Always plug. All right, bro, you've been, you've, been, you've been quiet. What do you think about like fun and ministry? Have you ever – are you looking just for like who has the best spiritual content? I don't know. Like have you found family in Chi Alpha? Do you feel like this is like a, a value for you? I don't know. Talk to me. Absolutely looking for the most funnest out of this. Uh... I don't think anyone is going to preach better than C.S. Lewis or Frank Turek or any of the other great, um, what are those people called, apologists I hear. I don't think any of those preachers are going to touch them. So if you want to hear good preaching, good like spiritual basis, you're going to have to go on YouTube, man. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to have to do it. But if you want to find good community, you can't find that on YouTube, dog. You got to go. You got to go inside the real world. Okay, and this, this is what I'm saying. You just said that. You can't find it on YouTube. Bro, like everyone has been online for way too long now. It's actually like concerning because everyone has spent so much time online. And it's like I don't – this sounds so rude. So everyone listening, I hope you're not offended. I'm not convinced everyone knows how to make friends right now. I'm actually not. Like I'm not convinced people know how to get through that because there's always a little bit of awkwardness, right? <laughs> you know, we, we're like, ah. 
like just getting to know someone is like, ah, do you like me? And it's way easier. What do you do when you feel awkward? Pull out your phone, go on Instagram, respond to text, whatever. So yeah, that's one value. We don't have to stay on that value forever, but that's one value for me. I really like that you said that because I do think there is something there that needs to be addressed because we are still in a global pandemic. And since the lockdown, I do think that many young people have forgotten how to associate one another in person appropriately, but also feeling safe. And I also think at some level, a lot of us have become too comfortable being by ourselves because we spent a period of several months being in lockdown. And to be honest, that's why even in our Chi Alpha ministry, we are working very hard to continue to cultivate this culture, community of fun because we see it as a need. Not just in our campus here at VCU and Union and JSAR and Randolph-Macon, but for society in general. We are, as human beings, relational beings. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Do we, can I say another ministry value I have? Please do. Okay. So um, this one is an intangible that, that I think makes ministry work. And I would say that a value of mine that I think I try and sprinkle on everything is passion. So, so I, I feel like... Unless you are passionate about something, it's really hard for you to convince me that you actually care about the thing. Like passion is the, is the I don't know, the fuel that makes the car move to me because everyone wants to do something. There's a ton of student ministries, a ton of churches, um, but when I meet someone that's passionate, I'm not going to cap with you. That stands out to me when someone is like, what we are doing on this campus is so important. Or, man, I want to hang out with you. Or, oh, I can't wait to. That, that passion is such an intangible that I think for so many young ministers, they're trying to look cool, trying to look trendy, trying to like have, you know, they want a specific look. And I'm like, bro, you can look like a bozo. You cannot even have the best messages. But if you, hey, yo, but if you just have passion. That speaks way louder than good content, a good edit, something like that. You look like you want to say something. You want to jump on that? I wanted to say in that analogy, I'm definitely the bozo, and he's definitely the um, pastor that's trying to look cool. <laughs> I just wanted to have that acknowledged. Get out of here with that. Get out of here. Yeah, so a big value of mine is when I'm writing a sermon, when I'm planning an event, when I'm planning a small group lesson, I actually program moments of passion. I really do. I literally like pick points where I'm like, okay, and it's not, it's not fake. It's literally me saying, all right, this is a point in my, in my small group that is okay for me to get passion. Cause if you're, if you're 24 seven, like there's the most important thing. There's the best small group lesson ever. You know, if you're, if you're doing that the whole time and people are going to be like, I'm tired, <laughs> I need a nap. Like this is too much for me. But man, I can't help but feel like programming moments of passion, being like, all right, this point really matters to me based on my life experience, what God did in my life, something like that. This moment really matters. So passion is another huge value. And I really like that you said that because when you're on campus as a campus pastor, it's not your clothes or even your communication ability. Your passion will draw students to you and your ministry. And that's very helpful because... As a communication major, I learned that part of persuasion is not so much the content you deliver, but the manner in which you deliver it. That's why when we look at influential leaders in our society, their passion in their message, and truthfully, whether it was good or bad, it actually paid no dividends. It was more so were they passionate because there are so many people in our history that have been able to influence people for good and bad 
based on their level of passion. So thank you so much for sharing these awesome, awesome takes. So do any of you have any questions for me? Okay, okay. I do. Okay. It's actually for both of you. Um, so we're talking about values, and like I am a pretty fun guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like not like the most fun, but I'm saying like I'm a silly dude, so it makes sense. A value of mine would be fun, and I think I'm a pretty passionate guy. You know, like ah, yes, definitely. Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, so both of mine are like correlated to my personality. What do you think about? values and which ones we value in ministry do you think that they are usually in line with our personality or do you think there's something to be said for carving them out in advance not necessarily like in line with your personality as you're creating something to say okay i want something like this okay okay so for example family values are probably similar to ministry values you know if you're starting a family you're like okay what things are we about what things are we not about do you just pick it based on your personality and the best reflection of that or do you kind of carve out what you want i don't know what have you seen and what do you think about that that's a good question for me personally it's both because a lot of my values for instance in chi alpha i value community i value discipleship I value equipping the faithful. And those are important to me because when I first came into ministry, I felt very inexperienced. I felt incapable. I didn't have the most spiritual background. I was not raised in church. So having people around me that empowered me to do what I felt God wanted me to do, it became my value because it was instrumental in my life. And then community itself is also important to me because of my cultural background. So I'm sure everyone knows this because I tell everyone I meet dying from Panama, but in the Hispanic culture, we value family and community. Yeah. And that's why we go in Latin America. It's not common to have a son or daughter in their thirties still living with their parent because in the Latin American culture, we are extremely relational and that has transcended in the way I live my life, the way I see people, but also the way I see ministry. But also in my experiences, I've been in certain settings where I did not feel as welcomed. I felt different. But one person came up and acknowledged me, and that made a huge difference. So my personality, I'm also an extremely social person. I love to connect with people. I love to affirm people. I like to get to know you. When I ask how you're doing, I generally want to know. I care about your backstory. I care about your interests. I care about your dreams and your goals, your motivations, how you got to that conclusion. Because I love people. I value you. And I want to acknowledge you and give you my fullest attention. So because that's also part of my personality, it naturally goes into the way I do ministry and the way I like to see a fellowship or part of operate. And it combined with my family upbringing. I was always raised to love other people, treat people with respect, I was even told that if people mistreat me, I don't have to get back at them. And that's something that instilled me from very young. No, I was not always perfect at it. God has given me a lot of grace and favor in this area. And even though I am a very social person, I was not always this way. I've gone through a lot of challenges and pain and mistakes. But the Holy Spirit has truly transformed me to who he wants me to be. All right, what, what are some of your thoughts on just like how you carve out values? 
I think it starts off with a uh, with the weird, not exactly, but but at least relation. There's a, there's a huge correlation between your personality and your values, and the further you get into like Christian community, um, I'm not gonna speak about anything else. I don't, I don't know too much about your other community, <laughs> but um, dang, that sounds so self righteous. But anyways, uh, but um, anyways, yeah. But the more you get into Christian community, the more like your values shift towards biblical values, um, one way or another. I think it's just being around other people and you observe how they interact. And for some reason, I think you just want to mix in with the group, maybe, or maybe it's just you. Uh, there's a shift in your personality, even, at, like your core values and themselves change. Yeah. Maybe something like that. All right, can I say something radical then? Please. Here's here's my actual belief. I actually do believe that if your values are only your personality, that you run the risk of being kind of propped up and overly spiritual for things that aren't necessarily mission critical. Let me unpack that a little bit. I have met a lot of people that take their personality, ascribe values, nothing wrong with that. This is what I value. I'm social, so I like a social ministry. I'm serious, so I like a serious ministry, whatever. But if you only ever have your values be your personality, that's a problem because you're not looking outside who you are. So you're basically saying the way I am, the way I was raised, the way I think, that's the only right way. That's the only way to do it. Um, And I have seen ministries over spiritualize things that are actually not they're important but they're not the be all end all before and i think that's actually a huge mistake do you agree with me i'll say this no church is perfect we're all growing for sure and i think we all can have our strengths and weaknesses but i definitely do think there is an area of sometimes we make things about God and the spiritual that really aren't. It's mm-hmm. really just us being overwhelmed by our own emotions and preconceived notions. But here again, I think that's just a, a part of our no, human and nature. There's, and there's no problem with us saying that. Um, if we're like calling out names and making people feel bad, well, that's unhealthy. But but I think, I think for sake of discussion, it's important because I want people listening to this to kind of realize, okay, so for instance, here's, here's something that's not necessarily within my personality or my past that is a huge value for my ministry, purity. And I think that's actually because there was a lack of it growing up in high school for me. Um, and then, you know, throughout college, like I didn't necessarily live the most pure life. And so it's definitely not from my experience. Um, but I think I've looked at what do I want to teach college? college students and if i can give them one thing man if i could give them one thing other than a personal relationship with jesus christ i think purity would be up there i really do like getting through college in a crazy hypersexualized culture where partying and drinking and hooking up is so popular and i could teach them the importance of personal purity what you watch i mean dude that i see that as an absolute win so, so I think there is also something to be said for carving out values before you set on a journey and saying, like, what do I want for my life? Thank you. Thank you for that honest, transparent answer. Yes, that's extremely important. Not over-spiritualizing. And you're seeing what truth you can ingrain. And you're right. In the young generation, sexual immorality is extremely prevalent. And it's not a comfortable topic to speak on. But it's detrimental as well. 
And as we're coming for a landing in this episode, something I really want to say that came from our national training director, his name is Alex Rodriguez. So his main role is to create training content for staff, especially our national industry program. And something that Alex said at our winter conference that I really enjoyed is that he tries to establish a common culture across different campuses. Because even though Kyle as a whole, we have a makeup, I do think that each chapter can reflect the personality of their leaders. And I definitely do see that different Kyophas have a certain area of focus and strength that they have that comes from the accumulation of their staff and their students, and especially the demographic of their campus. But I think that really just shares the beauty of the kingdom because we're not all supposed to look the same. Heaven, we're all going to look different, but that's a beautiful thing. In fact, and so like, okay, going back to like where I think it's an error that some people are like ascribing hyper importance. Yeah, there are healthy Chi Alphas that have huge large gatherings and have big worship teams. And there are very healthy Chi Alphas that have one dude on an acoustic guitar. We don't need to over-spiritualize what that worship team looks like and be like, oh, because there are some people that would do that. They would say, I need to go to a Chi Alpha that has kick butt worship and flows in the spirit and is spontaneous, right? We love spontaneous worship. But it's like, mm, I think that's a value for you because you might have met God at the altar during a worship time. That's awesome. I'm happy for that. But I think, yeah, looking at these different Chi Alphas, even just as I've been touring, like I'm right now in Richmond, Virginia. I'm not from Richmond. I'm from Pittsburgh. And I'm seeing things that you guys do. And I'm like, oh, I never thought of doing it that way. I think that's really cool. I've never recorded a podcast with a student, right? Come on. That's awesome. We're in the library recording a podcast. That's amazing. That's a new idea. And so I think it's it's really exciting when you look at the kingdom of God and see Dang, man, like God is up to something so big, bigger than just our little perspective or our personality. You're right, because we're a different group. We have different ideas. We have different gifts. A few years ago, when I was a student at George Mason, I was also a student ambassador, meaning I was a tour guide. So I give tours to the parents and the students of the university. And one tour, I remember this moment just because it really stood out. One of the students, he was walking behind me, and he asked me, why at George Mason are there so many Christian groups? Because at George Mason, very soon to VCU, I think at George Mason, we probably have more than 30 Christian groups. Mm -hmm. At VCU, we have more than 20. And he asked me why. And what I said to him was is how, just like there are different football teams you like to cheer for, different restaurants you like to eat at, there are different churches, and every church has a personality. Every ministry has a personality. So go to the one where you feel cold. And I just paint that picture for him because I think that's a healthy way to look at various churches and ministries. And another point that you said with large Calphas and large worship teams, I think that comes from our society because there's a pastor in New York. His name is Peter Scazzaro. I've read through two of his books now, and he writes a lot of great content on church leadership. And he likes to focus on how sometimes in our society, we attribute numbers to success. And that's the wrong way to look at it. Because if you have a Kyle a genuinely healthy, strong Christians are seeking God with their heart. If there's one person on the worship team, that pays no dividends to the depth of their fruit or the depth of their connection to God. Because that to me is much more important than how many people are on the worship team. Like to me, I try not to focus on how many students come to Wednesday Night Live 
or how many students come to my Bowsley on Monday night to room 240E because that doesn't define me. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing the kingdom of God. I'm doing the work of God. Well, thank you so much, Jordan and Tiaran, for joining me on another episode of the Missions of Moises podcast. I have really enjoyed it, hearing your unique perspectives from director to student. And I, I pray that those of you listening were able to feel encouraged and really receive some insight into our topic of ministry values. As always, this podcast is not for me, but for the kingdom and to see the gospel spread. Thank you, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.